Hey there, it's Kate Swoboda, also known as Kate Courageous. I'm the creator of YourCourageousLife.com, the director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and I'm the author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers everywhere and of course at Amazon. And as you might have guessed, I'm the host of this podcast, the Your Courageous Life podcast. We're going to talk about going after what you want and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. I might drop a couple of F-bombs, so don't listen with your kids in the backseat. And here we go. Okay, so I have officially tried to start recording this podcast five times and then gone back and deleted it each time, which I am transparent about with you because I want you to know that like, when it's a lesson that I'm still integrating myself, it takes, it takes a couple takes, you know? <laughs> so here's the lesson. Here's the topic for today. It's embracing who you are. It's embracing who you truly are, which really is embracing who you have always been had something of an aha about this recently. I, I had, I was doing a bunch of, I mean, you know, the, the, the continuing saga, if you've been a longtime listener of reading Clarissa Pinkola Estes, women who run with the wolves and just feeling like I open a new chapter and I'm like, Oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever read. And then I read another chapter. I'm like, Oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever read. And then I read another chapter. I'm like, Oh, 10 things in my life suddenly make sense. Um, it's, it's that kind of book, which is why, you know, everybody talks about it. And for years, I, you know, my story about that book is that I would, I would hear people rave about it and I think, well, I got, I got to get some of what they're talking about. And I would pick up the book and I kind of read it and I'd feel kind of like, eh, I don't know feels like being in college, feels like being uh, an English lit major and having to like make sense out of metaphor and just give it to me straight. I don't want any of that, you know, now, different season of my life, the right timing. It's just like, oh, this book is the key to everything. <laughs> so Clarissa Pingola Estes, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Women who run with the wolves, go get it, do it. But basically, I, I was, I've been reading that book. I've been talking to people about that book. A lot of different stuff in life has been percolating. And this kind of like woe hit where I realized that in any relationship I've ever had, there is nothing that irritates me more than when someone asks me to look the other way and pretend not to see what I in fact see. There's, there's really nothing that I can think of that gets under my skin in quite the same way, which of course indicates, right, that it's, it's my edge and it's the place where I need to do more work and I need more patience and more compassion for others as well as compassion for myself and all that. But, but, but aside from that, right, happy to do that work. It's my life's calling. Going to be doing that work until I dance into my grave. Um, yeah, don't ask me to see something that I know I see. Like, don't be avoidant and then tell me this thing about, oh, no, I haven't been avoidant. I've just been busy. No, <laughs> you have not just been busy. Like, like lots of people walking around in the world are busy and manage to just, like, 
send a text saying, hey, I've been super busy lately, can't get back to you right now, will get back to you at this time. Okay, like this is not like a diva move. But here, here's the thing, here's the thing. Um, the irritation is not where I want to focus. I just wanted to give that example of like how people ask me not to see the thing that I know that I see and it drives me crazy. Maybe it's driving you crazy too. Um, it's this, it's this thing that became a doorway for me to understand something essential about who I truly am. So this is a moment here, like take a moment for yourself and think about the things that irritate you the most because you might find a doorway to who you truly are. Here's what I realized when I followed that irritation, I followed that doorway, I followed that thread. The reason it irritates me so much when people ask me tacitly or directly not to see what I in fact see is because perceptiveness is key to who I am. And this was this like eureka moment. We all have things about ourselves that are, are either something ingrained, you know, chicken egg, who knows, either something that we were born with that's ingrained, that's essential, that's part of our purpose in this lifetime, or they are things that for whatever reason we had a proclivity for and somehow our environment nurtured it for better or for worse, right? perceptiveness has been one of those things for me. And it's been something I've highly valued, in fact. I think there's like a difference, right? There are the things that we can have a very natural talent for or a proclivity for, but maybe it's not all that important to us, really. It does. It's not like a thing in our lives, okay? Um, like I've met people before where they're really good at, say, math, you know, or they're really... Um, they're, they're really good at like just kind of rolling with life. You know, they're those laid back, easygoing people, but, but math or being laid back as a quality, it's just kind of like in there somewhere. It's not like this is, this is actually essential to who I am as a being in the world. And we all have those things is the point that I'm making. So you can, you can see this here. The thread is I notice, or you can take a moment now to notice what seriously irritates you. Follow the thread. Why does it seriously irritate you? And it is possible that you could arrive where I did, which is realizing that perceptiveness is actually something that for me is very essential. And as I sat with this for a longer and longer period of time, what came up was actually a deep grief because I suddenly saw the last many decades of my entire life in an entirely different way. What I saw was an ongoing and pervasive pattern on my part, survival mechanism at times, of denying my own perceptiveness. So in other words, not embracing who I in fact am, but denying it. And why would I deny it? because perceptiveness makes people very uncomfortable. And certainly there's a shadow side to all of this, and I certainly don't think I'm a perfect person. There have been times when, you know, cheeky little kid, <laughs> cheeky little 30-year-old, I've 
noticed something, been perceptive about something, thought that somebody was maybe kind of a jerk and just kind of like dropped a little thing in there. Like, you know, just kind of like, you know, noticing a place where, you know, somebody who's being kind of a jerk might be a little insecure and they think they're hiding it really well. And I, you know, in that moment, then I be the jerk and point out something that I know is going to make them feel kind of, eh. this is very human. And this is not, you know, this example of you, of the shadow side of this quality of perceptiveness is not one that I'm proud of. It's not one that I'm sharing with you here today because I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a fun thing to admit to the world at large. But the point that I'm trying to make is that we all have certain things about ourselves that are really key to who we are. And we all have the shadow side of that. And the point that I'm trying to make is that when we do not embrace who we truly are, we don't get to have the light side of that. I think it's a little bit something like what Brene Brown talks about, about how you can't selectively shut down emotion. It's, it's like if, if you take a quality, and I'll just keep using perceptiveness as an example, if you take any quality and you are trying to shut down the aspects of that quality that are shadow. So, you know, the example I just gave is that I, I definitely know that there are places in my life where I've been perceptive and I've used that ability to see things that maybe others weren't picking up on to get back at somebody, just to be petty. You know, it's very human. Well, if I try to shut that down entirely, it's inevitable that along with trying to shut down the shadow side, I'm going to shut down the part of my perceptiveness that has actually been incredibly valuable to myself and sometimes at times to others. Now, in talking about a quality like perceptiveness, I noticed too that even in recording this podcast episode, the critic that has had so much free reign and so much practice at shutting down this quality is kind of yammering in the back of my head. It's saying things like, oh my God, like you're going to, you know, you say this podcast about how perceptiveness is your thing. And somebody's going to be like, well, she's not very perceptive about this and this and this. Or like the 10 times that I, you know, my perceptiveness missed the mark or on and on and on. And I, again, want to be transparent even about that because as you start to really look at the things that are inherent to who you are, and as you start to really embrace who you are, probably there's some kind of mechanism in place that's kept you from doing that for a really long time, such as your inner critic. And that mechanism, you just need to be aware of. You don't need to beat it down. You don't need to do anything different with it. You just need to be aware of it as a first step, at least. There's another podcast episode that I've recorded for the Your Courageous Life podcast that is all about embracing your inner critic. You might like that one too. So back to my point, let's, let's review some of the steps again. Try this for yourself every single time. Think of something that like super irritates you. In my example, it was, it super irritates me when somebody asks me not to see the thing that I know that I see. And then why, what, what, what are you being asked to deny? Or what are you being asked to rein in? Usually when we're irritated, there's something we're being asked not to do 
or to rein in. Um, and even when we're irritated because we're being asked to do something, we're probably irritated that we have to do something to the exclusion of something else that we don't get to do. For me, the perceptiveness example, what I felt like I would need to shut down is, is telling the truth. Just telling the darn truth, you know? And it's, it's a kind of crazy making that's behind not being able to tell the truth, you know? <laughs> so I'll throw out a couple other examples just in case this is helpful. Um, so maybe if what really, really irritates you are people who are fake, follow that thread. Maybe you will find a place where you yourself have found that you have not been able to be authentic. If what really, really irritates you are people who are total narcissists, who only care about themselves, if you follow that thread, you might find a place where you have spent a lifetime not giving yourself the attention that you have really wanted to give yourself. Or vice versa, you know, maybe there's, there's a place where you have felt that you've always come last on the list and you've wanted someone else to give you the attention that a narcissist absolutely demands. So you follow the thread and you ask yourself, what is it about this that is irritating me so much and why? And how might it point to something essential about who I am that I am not embracing? So how do I start to embrace that aspect of who I am? Take a breath with that for a moment. How dare you? I feel like that's the question that when I think about why we don't embrace who we are, when we don't embrace who we have always been, it's how dare you that has kept us from doing that embracing. I'll continue with this example of perceptiveness and you as you're listening, because I, you know, I love the teachable moment and love it when something I'm sifting with can be of help to somebody else. So by all means, my own neuroses is up for your examination, learning, and benefit. Here we go. Um, This who do you think you are question is definitely the one that I can see has caused me for an entire lifetime to often downplay perceptiveness. Because if I notice things that other people don't want me to notice, it can unsettle them. And certainly as a small child, if I noticed things and I spoke it, you know, the adults around me, which very common thing would be like, oh, don't say that, you know. There are these things as in kid world that, you know, you're just looking around as a kid, we all do, and we don't know yet what the things are that are supposed to be said and that are supposed to be unsayable, at least according to the adults around us, all of whom have their own troubles embracing who they are, right? This pattern of pretending not to notice has followed me into my adult life because, of course, if you want to be connected with people, One of the easier ways to go about being connected with people is to just be pliable, to mold yourself to whatever it is that they need. 
if they need you to be funnier, tell more jokes, if they need you to be quieter, sit back and listen, if they need you to be opinionated, feisty, and ferocious, always my favorite request, happy to step up and do that. If they need just to keep the conversation kind of silly and superficial, let's keep it light, you know, there are endless ways to be pliable. And I don't think it's in my nature to be very pliable. I actually don't think it's in a lot of people's natures to be very pliable. I think it's a survival mechanism that most of us learn to varying degrees, some of us far more than others. And for some of us, depending on what your nature is and, and how connected you are to what I'll, I'll, I'll borrow from Dr. Clarissa, you know, your wildish nature, dependent on how connected you are to that wildish nature, you will chafe against it more. And I, man, I have chafed around being pliable. I've chafed around it and yet I have not wanted to be alone. I have not wanted to not have connection. And I think a lot of us do this. We do this thing where we compromise something essential about who we are because we don't want to lose out on connection. And we do that instead of looking around and going, well, look, you know, certainly compromises in relationships need to be made. And and that's part of life. And that's part of relating with other humans. And how do I go find my people? My people who would never ask me to be pliable. My people who would never ask me to dumb it down. My people who would never play that tired old fiddle of, oh, I've just been so busy. I haven't been avoiding you. I haven't been avoidant. I haven't been copping out on accountability. I haven't been, you know, like all the things that we do. Embracing who you are is going to involve being more willing to be alone if that's what it takes until you find your people than to continue compromising, than to continue pretending that you are anything other than what you know you truly are. I think one of the things that has appealed to me so much about women who run with the wolves is this this talk of how it is that we turn away from our most natural instincts. And there's a quote that I'll, I'll read from Women Who Run With The Wolves that I loved so much that I wrote it down. I mean, I'm dog-earing so much of this freaking book that it would probably be better <laughs> if I dog-eared the pages that I didn't find revelatory. Um, probably be easier. Uh, here's the quote. The repair of injured instinct begins with acknowledging that a capture has taken place, that a soul famine has followed, that usual boundaries of insight and protection have been disturbed. The process that caused a woman's capture and the ensuing famine has to be reversed. The repair of injured instinct begins with acknowledging that a capture has been ta- has taken place. So this idea that who you really actually are, if there's any way in which it has been restrained or held back, that's the capture, like a wolf getting caught in a wolf trap. And that a soul famine has followed. You know, when a wolf is caught in a wolf trap, 
there, you know, it can't hunt. It can't do any of the things that it normally does. And of course, it's in pain. And that usual boundaries of insight and protection have been disturbed. Well, if you were a wolf and you walked straight into a wolf trap, in, in, if you were able to get out, you would probably walk a little more tentatively, at least for a little while, not knowing where the next trap might be. You might have some fear around your own ability to look around and perceive potential threats. The repair of injured instinct begins with acknowledging that a capture has taken place, that a soul famine has followed, that usual boundaries of insight and protection have been disturbed. The process that caused a woman's capture and the ensuing famine has to be reversed. Which means... And this is scary to do and part of why I wanted to do this podcast, which means that as I talk about all this with my coach, Leanne Raymond, people, the incredible Leanne Raymond, as I talk about this with her, what I find is that the reversal means leaning farther than I am comfortable with (laughs) into my perceptiveness because I've got a whole host of defenses. As I mentioned earlier, we all do this. There's a whole host of defensiveness, defenses that keep us from leaning fully into who we really are, okay? So I'll use perceptiveness again as the example. It's, it's something like this, like I have spent so many years perceiving things and then going, well, come on now, don't be arrogant, Kate. I mean, like maybe they don't see it that way for you. You can tell that my, my inner critic voice, by the way, she, she gets very tight, very clipped, very, you know, like, eh. Um, (laughs) the perceptiveness that happens is followed by all the critical fear-based voices that are going, well, you know, you might not be right. Or why do you have to be so damn sensitive? Maybe it doesn't really matter. Who really wants to hear what you have to say anyway? Just stop. Just stop. Like, this is pointless to go down this road. Oh, great. Well, if you start talking about that, then everybody's going to think, Sound familiar? If you haven't already taken some time today to pause this recording or somehow integrate the material, I hope you will take just a moment to think about this, to ask yourself this question of like, where do I get really irritated? And when I get really irritated like this, why? You know, what's behind it? Is there something I'm holding back? Is there something I'm reining in? Because if you're pointed to the thing that you might be reining in, then you might be pointed to embracing who you are. And if you start embracing who you are in this here right now, you might even find that there's something that you have not been embracing for your entire life because the people around you, when you tried to embrace it and just be who you are, maybe the people around you said, who do you think you are? Too big for your britches. Don't go thinking you're special. You need to sit down and shut up. Nobody wants to see that. Think about other people. You're so selfish. There are just all these things that other people say to us that we then internalize that keep us from embracing who we really are. And then we get angry at ourselves for taking the conditioning that we received and internalizing it to such a degree that we're the ones perpetuating it. 
because most of us, you know, we don't live with the same people who conditioned us way back when. This is a good topic to sit with for a little while, to journal with for a little while. As I began journaling with this topic, some other questions began to emerge like, when I'm in that soul famine, how do I behave when I'm trying to get fed? Or where do I sneak who I really am? Where do I like try to get it in, but try to get it in a way that's like safe and socially acceptable? And really getting into too, um, the ways in which I'm trying to do it all right. And how that sometimes the doing it right for the larger world can be contrary to doing it right so that who you truly are and your soul can really emerge and live and breathe and thrive. Thank you as always for listening. I'm so happy to have you here. I I love hearing feedback from you guys. So appreciate any iTunes, Spotify, etc. reviews that you leave. Let's hang out over at yourcourageouslife.com. If you go to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin, you can get a whole bunch of courageous goodies. And I'm on social media just about everywhere is Kate Courageous, except for Facebook, facebook.com forward slash yourcourageouslife. And then Instagram, I'm Kate Courageous. That's the two best places to grab my attention. Uh, I hope that you have had a great day so far. And I hope that you'll sit with these questions so that you too can get into even more embracing of who you are.